This podcast includes unapologetic logic and reason and may not be suitable for all audiences. In a world full of nonsense, he's been called the voice of uncommon common sense. He sees the abnormal that many find normal. Author and award-winning speaker, he is Chris. There's a great saying that uh, one of the things that people hate is when things change. And the other thing that people hate is when nothing changes. You know, uh, there are people who, you know, just like things to always stay the way they were. And then people who like change, um, they get frustrated by that, right? He's going to keep doing it the same way, the same way, even though you know there might be a better way. Maybe there's not a better way. Maybe it's just a different way. Some people like change. Some people don't. Whether you do or you don't, have you noticed how many changes are going on? Would you say they're good or would you say they're bad? Uh, you know, are people complaining just because things are changing? Is that me, I wonder? You know, I feel like I do a lot of complaining about what's going on. Is it just because it's different? Is it just because it's not how I want it to be? Does it really make it better or not? I think there's some practical answers to those questions I'd like to discuss with you a little bit. I'll say this. Um, I'm really tired of the, the doom and gloom. This is a self-reflection as much as anything. Um, you know, endless complaining and look how bad it is and look how bad it is. I mean, it's just not productive for anything. It's bad. It's bad. <laughs> no doubt about it. It's always bad. Always something bad. Is it as bad as it seems? Never likely. Never likely. But there are things that are different, and I wanted to point out a couple of these. I saw this uh, this little meme and it reminded me of something I was talking about on the podcast. I'd mentioned to you that I'd seen some videos. One of uh, some school children, American school children in the 60s. And, you know, they all look like Spartan warriors. And some of this cracks me up. But the other one I saw was a video in the 80s. And it was definitely a difference in what you saw and how people spoke, how they dressed, how they treated each other. Very, very different. Very different than what we see today. Well, then I saw this little meme. Did you go to school in the 70s? How many of you went to school with kids who were allergic to peanut butter? I went to school in the 70s. I was born in 71, so I would have been in elementary school, entering middle school, I guess. And I knew nobody who was allergic to peanut butter. I don't even remember it being a thing. I think I remember it becoming a thing, you know, as an adult, maybe around the time I was having, oh, peanut allergies, a big deal. Where all these peanut allergies come from. How many of you went to school with kids that were allergic to gluten? I never even knew such a thing existed until probably two weeks ago. Well, maybe three, but you know what I'm saying. I didn't know any kids that were allergic to gluten. We weren't talking about gluten when I was on the playground, I can tell you that. How many of you went to school with kids who were autistic? I knew zero, zero, zero. How many of you went to school with kids who were transgender? Once again, didn't know the meaning of the term. I think I remember some talk about it when I was a kid that they were doing uh, sex change operations and and things like that. And uh, it was kind of, I guess, some kind of weird science back then. And now here we are. 40 years later or whatever, and living this nightmare. But it's very interesting when you look back. And you look back, if you went to school in the 70s, or you remember the 70s, and you think that things were different. Now, one thing that does jump out at me, all these uh, videos that, 
you know, showing all the school-age kids as these Spartan warriors. I know, speaking for myself, I was a fat kid. I think I weighed 100 pounds in fifth grade. I've always been big. I was a fat kid. I had a uh, real taste for cookies. And um, cookies washed down with a few cookies was usually the, usually the way I like to do that. And uh, I guess around elementary school, I was getting, I was outside plenty, running around plenty, just not eating healthy, and it caught up with me. Uh, point being that there were fat people in the 70s. I mean, we knew plenty of them. It wasn't like the whole country was a bunch of Spartan warriors. People smoked like chimneys. People were dying of cancer. The 70s were, were a rough time. You know, talk about change. The 70s were a horrible liberal era, Jimmy Carter and coming off the war. Same kind of nonsense, really, I guess. I guess maybe it's just the path of civilization, wars and economic destruction, just ongoing cycles. I don't know, maybe. Always changing. That's the that's the only constant, always changing. So what do we do? You're going to learn to learn to deal with it, I guess, right? I saw this on a slightly different note, a little veterans meme. I was once willing to give my life for what I believe this country stood for. That's me. Today I give my life to protect my family from what this country has become. That's me. I wonder how many other veterans would agree. It would take a lot. I mean, I'm way past the age, but it would take a lot for me to to join the military at this point. I, I want nothing to do with it. I don't see any of this fighting as justified. Um, the Hamas attack, you know, obviously uh, Israel has a right to uh, take action in that and, and a responsibility, really. I wouldn't even say a right. They have a responsibility of the government there to protect its citizens. That's really how that should be uh, communicated on that end, I think. Anyway, I don't want to get into that whole whole story. I'm sorry uh, uncorked that. But, um, you know, my point is there's just wars, there's unjust wars. I don't see a lot of just fighting going on around the world, a lot of nonsense. And speaking of which, let me share this with you then. Hey, open this. There we go. Let me read this to you. Apparently, it's from a, a newspaper in Prague. I, I didn't verify that, but it reads the same either way. It says, the danger to Canada is not just in Trudeau, but a citizenry capable of entrusting a man like him with being prime minister. It'll be far easier to limit and undo the follies of a Trudeau government than to restore the necessary common sense and good judgment to a depraved electorate willing to have such a man for their prime minister. The problem is much deeper and far more serious than Trudeau, who is a mere symptom of what ails Canada. Blaming the prince of the fools should not blind anyone to the vast confederacy of fools that made him their prince. Country can survive a Trudeau who is, after all, merely a fool. It is less likely to survive a multitude of fools, such as those who made him their prime minister. Why don't we substitute Canada for the United States and substitute Trudeau for Biden? The danger to the United States is not Joe Biden, but a citizen capable of entrusting a man like him with being president. It would be far easier to limit and undo the follies of a Biden government than to restore the necessary common sense and good judgment to a depraved electorate willing to have such a man for their president. The problem is much deeper and far more serious than Biden, who is a mere symptom of what ails the United States. Blaming the Prince of Fools should not 
blind anyone to the vast confederacy of fools that made him their prince. The country can survive a Biden, who is, after all, merely a fool, is much less likely to survive a multitude of fools, such as those who made him their president. Reads the same way, right? Is that true? If you go back through, you know, should we we blame ourselves for this Biden mess? I don't think that's a fair assessment in this case at all, do you? Not at all. Not one bit. While it's true, it's true, sadly, some people did vote for Biden. I know some of them. One friend in particular I'm actually having lunch with today. I wanted to ask. I know he's regretted it. I know he said he's planning to vote for, for Trump the second time now. He voted for Trump the first time, not the second time, but now he's going to go back to Trump. I, that kind of indecision to me is... Um, no less foolishness. I'm thinking if, if you're doing that, why don't you vote for Kennedy then? I don't get it. I don't get it. They love Trump, then they hated him, now they love him again. How do you how do you how do you do that? Now, you know, it's not that your support for somebody might not ebb and flow. It absolutely could, right? I'm in the same boat. And you say, oh, I like this person, I like what they're doing, I don't like what they're doing. And it's a tricky spot. You know, they, they get fooled and locked into corners and, and things like that just like any human being. And so you have that. And by the way, I feel like it's a big difference between liberal-minded and conservative-minded people. I feel like liberal-minded people tend, not always, tend to be more uh, willing to follow the leader than the conservatives types who I believe are generally more independent-minded. I don't have any scientific studies to, to show that, but it's just the impression that I get. More babbling non-news news you get to hear. My opinion that suddenly makes it a fact that somehow uh, conservatives are more independent thinkers than liberals. I have no idea if that's accurate or not. But it's the sense that I get. And I base that on the fact that uh, even what you hear now, you know, that votes for um, RFK are going to take away from Trump, not from Biden. Why? Because the, the, the liberals will be more loyal. I mean, I base it on that. And they seem to be. But anyway... As far as this idea that, you know, Biden is a fool, no question on that. He can't even talk straight. It's beyond embarrassing. The whole country's turning into the same, having, having the same mental illness as Biden. Can't understand anybody, probably including myself. But, um, you know, to say that, oh, it's our fault for electing Biden. Well, yeah, some people voted for him, but we now know that there was many votes that were stolen, miscounted, whatever. You know, you don't, don't say stolen election. Don't say that. Pretty funny when you think about it. So you had a lot of stolen ballots. But the other thing was a huge amount of misinformation that continues on to this day with a liberal media. I don't even say a liberal media, just a lying media. How do you call it a liberal media with the with the way the media is supporting Palestine at this point? What kind of liberal media is that? It's so funny to me how things can change so quickly. You know, if you look back on this media issue, Kanye West is saying it's all Jewish control, but... You know, the Palestinians and, uh, you know, when do the Christians step up and say, hey, we're going to do it our way for a change? I don't know. Maybe never. But either way, this uh, corporate media, whatever you want to call it, the, the changes in the law that allowed the government to en- legally engage in propaganda to the way the advertising works, to the centralization of media, we've been fooled. Is it our fault that Joe Biden got elected as part of that? Nobody trusts the media. Everybody realizes now that we've been lied to. I think that's part of the frustration, myself included. 
right? I saw some kind of meme about the vaccine. Yeah, I'm ticked I got that vaccine. Yeah, I got fooled into it. Yeah, I can go through the whole circle. It's not like I just jumped, oh, vaccine. No, that's not how it went, if you remember the story. I didn't want to get it, didn't want to get it, didn't want to get it. Wasn't going to get it. My wife felt a little differently. And she had her reasons. I'm not going to sit here and, and say she we all, we all walked forward with the information that we had at the time. And the bottom line is, I got fooled too. You know, the, with everything that I have in front of me, the perspective that I and I still got fooled. You know, how do you uh, surpass this media onslaught and not get fooled at least sometimes? I don't know. But I think a lot of people got fooled on Joe Biden. I think a lot of people are still being fooled. So, no, I don't think it's appropriate to, to blame the people. I think the people who did it should be held responsible. Then you have this issue of the, uh, the veterans that um, don't want to fight for the country. Recruitment is down. Patriotism is at an all-time low. Well, why should that be a surprise when people are kneeling for the anthem and stomping on the flag and waving the Chinese flag? Maybe we'll have a new flag. You know, I was joking around uh, saying, you know, maybe maybe Z and his uh, six thousand person entourage, maybe uh, they're just here to, to, to take over. They're just setting up a new capital. We're not leaving. I wonder if anybody would even do anything about it. Probably not. Newsom, send the homeless in to attack them. <laughs> Everybody like, yeah, you can have California. <laughs> would you give up California to China? <laughs> I don't know. I don't want them on our border. How can it be any worse? I don't know. Maybe they do more to. They might do better with immigration. <laughs> I'll save that because that could be a whole podcast in itself. I'm sure that got people wound up, didn't it? You're sitting there in your chair, gritting your teeth. Good. <laughs> oh, how much have things changed? You look back when you were a child. Is this the future that you imagine for our country, for our world? 2023. Remember Y2K, the computer takeover? It's here. The computer takeover is here. That machine takeover, we're finally in it with the AI and the digital currency and all the surveillance. How many cameras are out there? What do we have? Five, six on our property alone? Jeez. How many cameras does the uh, your state Department of Transportation have? I think uh, Pennsylvania Department of uh, Transportation has over a million cameras, last I heard. Growing every day. The body. How much is being videoed and collected and how much of that will be around? It's going to be spooky in a million years, you know, looking back at these old videos, if they're even around. Crazy, right? But just think how much things have changed. Back when you were in high school, you were wearing your bell-bottom pants or your straight-leg jeans I was wearing. We got it phased out of the bell-bottoms. And... Um, you know, we were wearing the straight leg pants. Now you got the skinny jeans. Everything continues to change. I see that, you know, then the, the pants, we had the high hip pants for the girls. Then it, it moved to the low cut, more like the boy cut for the girls. And that was like a weird transition. But then we got used to it. Now the girls are going back to the high cut. And it, it looks weird to me. <laughs> I think it is exactly what we were looking at in the 80s. Funny how these things come and go. Anyway. Time, perspective, things changing. But I'll ask you this. Does anything really ever change? I think that's the real question we should be asking. And I think that is the answer to a healthy mindset of navigating 
all this mayhem. Do things ever really change? And what we're asking in that question is, does human nature ever really change? I would argue that it does not. I would argue that humans left to their own accord are generally dirty, rotten scoundrels, or will turn into as such. Uh, it will take the easy way out. What seems logical isn't always right. And that's where we need a foundation. That foundation is religious, and we don't see that going on. And I think that that's part of the reason why people are so easily fooled, why people are bickering instead of listening, arguing instead of cooperating. It goes on and on, but I think that you'll find that the absence of a religious foundation is a big reason for that, a religious foundation on how to think right, how to act right, how to live right. And people, some people don't want to accept that. Oh, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to have a book of rules. I don't live by rules. I'm my own person. I don't think the Bible was meant to be a book of rules, meant to be a book of guidance, a book of guidance to give you a path to a, a life that is um, genuine and fulfilling, not depressing and tormented. This is the, one of the premises of the Bible, right? That God brings order, not chaos. And we see chaos like we see today. If you ask me, it logically indicates that it's an absence of God in our lives. Not because God doesn't want to be in our lives, but because we haven't taken God into our lives. And even for the people, these, um, you know, they see that, that tattoo lady, cat, she just, uh, became Christian. And I don't want to judge any of that, but I think I think I saw Madonna or somebody or something about a prayer or something like that and saying she was a Christian. Like, well, it's one thing to say you're a Christian or anything, right? But to actually live it. And what does that mean? And I think this is very important. You know, and you talk about Christians and, and you know, many Christians go and say, I am a sinner too. And I'm not preaching. I'm not telling you. I'm discussing with you. Acknowledging that I am a sinner too. What does that mean? Some people don't can't process. I mean, I, I don't even like. I'm, not, I don't, I'm a sinner too. I don't talk like that. I don't even, wait a minute. But I am. What does it really mean? Well, you could say it a little bit differently, and that is that hey, none of us is perfect, and every day we need to be striving to be more perfect. And what does that look like? Well, you can decide. You really can. It's called free will. If your idea of a wholesome, fulfilling life is, um, you know, getting um, plastic gel and injected into your buttocks so that you can follow the Kardashians, God bless you. I believe there's people that will help you with that. Maybe you'll even become a star if that's your, your decision. I don't know. But if you really want to find what's fulfilling and meaningful, I do believe that you'll find the answers to that in the Bible. True fact. Anyway, I thought it was a little interesting perspective looking back on time and what's brought us here and how we got here. And what will the future bring? But I really believe that regardless of the technology, that humans will always be humans, that the human uh, psychology, the, the human sinful nature, it will always continue. Some things will never change. And we can have different tools to deal with it. You know, we may not tend our, our gardens with hose and ox-drawn plows these days. Um, but the, the end result is the same. The process is the same. We're just using different tools to do it, really. That's never going to end. Never going to end. 
I got a couple other things I wanted to talk about in terms of um, what's going on right now. A couple of little things I wanted to mention to you. Uh, I was reading that sunlight actually gives you energy, like calories. I don't know if that's true, but I've told you I've come in to recognize uh, sunlight, ex- sun exposure as an essential nutrient like like any other. So, well, the vitamin D, the vitamin D, I think there's more to it than just the vitamin D. I think we need the radiation. The other thing I want to mention to you, I've had uh, back issues most of my life, a couple of injuries as well. I've got arthritis basically in my back. And back in the day, I used to I'd be, end up in the emergency room from time to time because I couldn't move. Anyway, thanks to a great chiropractor these days that I see every week and a lot of work that I do stretching every day and making sure that I keep my back healthy, which is what led me to doing pull-ups two and a half years ago, which is what led to a nasty concussion. And uh, while we're on the subject of that, I'm happy to tell you two and a half years later, I can't say that all the symptoms are finally gone. The ringing in my ears is still there. I think there's still a little bit of um, 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 balance, uh, not balance, but, um, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I forget, but um, it's kind of like a balance issue if I'm near a ledge or something like that. Um, I don't have balance issues standing or anything like that, but if I go to walk near a, a ledge, or on a, like a pier out on the water. I have trouble with that. I, I don't know if that's gone either. I haven't really tested that. But I am happy to report. I spent about two hours down in the sauna the other day doing a little decompressing, which I was happy to do. No, I did not do it straight through. Just relax. I had water. It was very, very healthy. I'm accustomed to doing that. I couldn't do that for, for the longest time since the concussion. Um, I've had <clears throat> great heat tolerance my whole life. Generally speaking, and then with the concussion, it, it affected that. Like my heat tolerance went away, like bad. This summer, I was out working in the yard, weed whacking on a hot day. Uh, my wife saw me actually. She saw I was bouncing around, but she came out to check on me. I almost went down, almost passed out. The heat got to me. I'd never had those problems when I was younger, never, ever. And then all of a sudden, with the concussion, it came out. Anyway, uh, I'm happy to say I believe it's gone. I believe it's gone. I feel like the symptoms when the concussion are mostly gone, except for a few things, two and a half years later. Anyway, that all started me doing just dead hangs um, as a way to stretch out my back. You know, you can hang upside down, but you can hang right side up as well. <laughs> uh, in fact, hanging from your hands, which a lot of people can't do, maybe that's part of the problem, offers some other benefits, grip strength, shoulder strength, uh, and other things. So I started with that and got into pull-ups and then fell and got hurt. And that also affected my back when I fell. So I've been continuing to work at it, the heat, the, the obviously healing from the concussion, like I said, and also getting my back back. <laughs> um, and there's a couple other things going on. Anyway, the reason I mention all that, I had great luck with the exercise called high knees and a, like a modified mountain climber, if you know what that is. But basically, you know, an exercise, you can do it whether you're horizontal on the ground or at a 45-degree angle or vertical, the process is the same. You're basically bringing your knee to your chest, if you will. And there's all kinds of variation. Crossover, put your arms up, bring your knees to your arms, kind of things like that. And uh, the reason I mention all that, it's been wild for my flexibility. I was out cleaning up the yard. I bent over to pick up one of the dog balls. I thought, man, it was so much easier to bend over. It sounds funny, but, you know, as you get older and you stiffen up, the flexibility becomes a big deal. I cannot believe from doing these high knees exercises, uh, the mobility, the... the um, uh, you know, the, the, the tension that it's released from my muscles. 
It's very easy to do. I just do them like 50 at a time when I get a couple minutes. It's really meant to loosen up. If you sit a lot, driving a lot, working behind a desk, uh, I highly recommend it. It worked out really well for me. Uh, something else I want to mention, I know you heard this story of this Amish farmer down in Virginia. The, I don't know, the, the federal government, the USDA or something like that got on this Amish farmer for selling, I believe, meat, maybe milk that wasn't pasteurized, something like that. Um, but anyway, for whatever reason, wasn't being raised, processed to their standards. And they shut him down, and um, they finally confiscated all of his his uh, goods that he had raised to sell, shutting down his business, a few hundred thousand dollars. You know, this Amish farmer, he, he worked the ground to, to do all that. And uh, the government just came in and, and swept it away, kind of like they're trying to do to Trump. And uh, I wanted to point this out to you, and I think it's another one of these things that I feel like has shifted in a way that people don't realize, Uh, these things that have changed, and this idea of property ownership, which includes businesses, that the government is just exercising such um, uh, barbaric um, approaches at taking these things. They did it to Russia, seizing these assets. Well, they're bad. They shouldn't be allowed to have anything and take it away like children. This is not built on the system of just laws that I believe this country was originally founded on. And so now to have this, uh, this kind of government coming in and just wiping out businesses, what does that mean? Well, what it means is that many people aren't going to start businesses here. And that's going to draw a different set of problems. But it also means that if you're going to go into business, that you have to be aware of this. And uh, I saw we have a big convenience chain here called Wawa. I know that's not everywhere around the country. So if you're not in the, on the East Coast, you might not be familiar with it. But um, I just saw they're hiring for a, a government relations specialist or something like that. And for a focus on uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion, that they have to staff somebody to deal with the government? Really kind of crazy when you think about it. I think the whole system has been foundationally changed. I'm not sure that we have the free market capitalist society that we think we do at all. Did you see what was going on in um, Congress last week? With uh, McCarthy elbowing the other guy in the hallway, and it kind of that went quiet quickly. Look at all the shenanigans that our political leaders are engaging in, from pulling firearms to literally stabbing each other in the back, voting against each other. Wow, that's all I can say. Maybe it's better. I mean, if they did have a a coordinated effort, I wonder how bad the destruction would be. We might never know. I don't know if you've seen some of the circumstances going on, the I-95 bridge, the L.A. bridge, tractor-trailer ramming a school bus. We heard um, shots near our house. Um, Stopped traffic the other morning on the highway, as I predicted. I'm not going to go into the details, but I believe what I witnessed is what I expect. I believe you just have these rogue um, Muslims or um, Hamas supporters that are just going to do whatever they can to disrupt traffic, and I would expect to see more and more of it. Um, What have I done? I altered my route to get away from it. I really did. 
And on the business front, I would say to you, uh, and I've learned this lesson the hard way myself, you need to be very careful where you where you open a business. <clears throat> Think about um, that Chaz district down in the Seattle. Can you imagine that? Imagine you pour your life savings. And there were stories of this. You didn't hear much of it. I remember this one guy, I think he made watches or something. His whole business in there, everything in his life was invested in this watch inventory. His time, his money is what he was interested in. He built this business. And they just came through and destroyed the place, the, the protesters. And good luck trying to recover that money from the insurance company because it's an act of whatever that they won't cover. And these people just got screwed. All right, you got the government taking... You've got uh, rioters that you got to deal with. You got to be careful where you go. Um, so that would be my advice on that. Uh, and then also, as far as the traffic goes, uh, you might want to consider where you drive these days. We're going to be going into New York around the holidays at some point. I don't know how we're going to handle that. I'm very, very concerned about that, actually. We'll see how things progress between now and then. But um, yeah, alter your route. Make sure you do a little advanced recon. Say that as far as starting a business as well as where you want to live these days. Huge strategic decisions in that regard. And probably huge opportunities when you really think about it. If you can find the right spot and the right place, which could be a little bit more challenging than in the past, if you take the time to do it, it could really uh, prove to be very advantageous even in these times. One last thing I wanted to mention on this uh, fun-filled Friday I'd like to keep you updated a little bit on what's going on in the world of AI, the artificial intelligence. We don't have enough real intelligence. We're going to create a little artificial intelligence. So uh, we got a new, little new feature on the AI that I'm using. And that feature is what they call a Q&A, which they claim searches only your documents. And it's kind of interesting that uh, you can go and type a name or a phrase or something else. And um, it'll quickly match up with the documents in your files. It can be kind of helpful for locating things. Now, they say that AI will never be trained on your data. They say it right as they release it. Now, don't worry. Even though we're searching through your data and indexing it and spitting out results, the AI will not be trained on your data. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Well, here's what's more interesting about that to me. Uh, I'm told that the creators of AI don't understand how it works. They say that they simply created an algorithm that can learn, right? That it's a, a, a machine learning how that works exactly. I don't know enough about the back engine of the thing to really even explain that. But if they don't know how it works, how can they sit there and tell you that it's not going to be trained on your data? If they're saying that it's going to get to the point where it's going to like teach itself and create itself, wouldn't that be done off of everything that it's exposed to? But where does that get stored then? There's got to be a, a memory center for this. So who knows if it's even true? I will say this. I'll ask the question to you. Would you trust AI with your data? I hate to tell you, but you probably already have. And I said this um the other day, I believe, when I was talking about Klaus Schwab, he said, well, how to complete transparency, we must get used to a world in which we are naked, or whatever he said. You know, everything is going to be completely known. I, I think it's already done. I really, really do. I don't know. I think they already have it. I think it's already been scanned. I think the models are already been. I saw um, 
a political organization consultant saying that they had um, the largest database of IP addresses and owners. That's a freaky beyond freaky. They know who's connecting with what. And I'll bet you there's an awful lot they can do there. I don't know. I don't know. But uh, I think it's. I think the transparency is already there. I don't think any of it's secret anymore. Would you trust AI with your data? You probably already have. That's the bottom line. I don't know. But let me say this in closing with this. Uh, I don't think that AI is what it's, they say it is. I don't think that it's going to live up to some of the promises. I don't think it'll take over the world any more than computers did with Y2K. But it is another new tool, as I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast. It's like going from ox-drawn plow to a state-of-the-art, you know, 60-foot-wide uh, triple plow setup or whatever they're running these days. Now you're going to have AI. Instead of a simple search engine, you're going to have AI that's going to be able to do more with it. It's going to be able to do other things. But I also wonder with AI is kind of the, the way it's working, if it might not be the secret to the truth, and it might not be uh, the, the last bit of transparency that um, some of these lies can no longer be continue to be concealed. I think we're getting close to that. I remember saying this years ago, and I think that there's cause for optimism in this, that um, you know, we may push through a point where suddenly these things come together in a different way. It may be painful to get through that process. Maybe that's what we're going through right now. But, but good always prevails, and the, the truth always prevails. And I think we have to hold out hope in that regard, that at some point the truth is going to come out. And as much as there doesn't seem like there's any accountability and people are getting away with things, if you're faithful, and you believe that there is ultimately accountability, even if you don't get to see it or participate in it. So we'll see what happens. I don't know. Maybe AI is going to be the opposite. Everybody's uh, predicting doom and gloom. But maybe it'll be the opposite. I believe, like I said, good always prevails and somehow it'll work out, even if it goes through a very painful period. Time will tell, won't it? In the meantime, I would expect a little more disruption. We're not there yet, that's for sure. It's going to be an exciting ride. God willing, I'll be back on Monday. I've got a friend visiting this weekend. If I get tied up, I might get delayed. I don't know, but I'm planning to be back on Monday. Lots to talk about, lots going on. God willing, I hope to see you there. Make it a great day and have a great weekend.